Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers out there. Uh, on your way out, I know some of you come in this door, so you didn't see that. On your way out, if you're a dad, you would have got those double doors right there down at the end of the ramp. There is a table. You take this little card. You put your name and phone number. Make it legible. If you can't make it legible, let your wife do it for you. And uh, we were giving away two Blackstones today after the 1130 service. And so we'll do that on Facebook Live. If you don't get on Facebook, that's fine. We'll contact you if you win. So make sure and do that. There's also some beef jerky, um, some nuts, and some hot sauce down there. And feel free to grab some of those and take them home with you. And so uh, happy Father's Day again. Also, we've been announcing, it's started Thursday, this beautiful table that Steve O'Keefe made for himself and then I stole um, from him. Uh, he has donated to us. And so what we're going to do with this table is there's some renovations that we need to do around here. And so this beautiful table, what we're going to do starting this week all the way through August, uh, you can go on the app for $25, you're entered in to win this. And in August, somebody will get this table to take home to do whatever you want with it. I can tell you it is well worth it. You can enter as many times as you want. All of the proceeds will go to some of the renovations that we need to do around here. Uh, I can tell you this table is probably worth around $3,000 if you wouldn't try to buy one of these. And so for 25 bucks, you have a chance to win that and we'll give it away in August. So we want to thank Steve for his generous donation of the table to help us out around here. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, if this is your home church, if not, don't pay attention to this. Uh, we are in need of volunteers again, especially in the media department, uh, running soundboard, doing the slides, that type of thing. So if you're interested in that, we always need volunteers in the kids department. Um, and so if you're interested in volunteering with kids, you can see Penny. And then lastly, Divinely Uninspired, our podcast is back. And so a lot of you guys have been asking about that. If you've never listened to Divinely Uninspired, you should. Uh, it is a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun making it. It's available anywhere podcasts are available. It's not the sermon. Uh, you'll hear us talk about a lot of things we normally would not talk about from the stage, uh, but we have a lot of fun with it, and so that's back if you want to check that out. Now, we are in week five of this series, Pilled, and we're going to be going through it. And essentially, this series is based on the idea that in Galatians, Paul gives us this list of fruit of the Spirit, and it's ways to know that God is working in your life and to see the evidence of God working in your life and His Spirit working inside of you. And so we're just taking this word by word through. And so we've done love, joy, peace. And today we've got a word that's especially good for us as dads. I know it's good for me. And to set it up, let me tell you, a couple weeks ago I was in the airport uh, on my way back from Guatemala. So when we were in Guatemala, um, we, were, we had like a three and a half hour drive um, from El Raparo back to Guatemala City to fly out. And so I was catching up on emails and doing things like that on my drive back. And so I was using my phone the whole time. And I also knew I had some sermons that I had to write. And thankfully, because of these things, it's easy to even write sermons on these things. And so I was working on last week's message and then this week's message. And so by the time I got to the airport, my phone was down to like 5% battery. And so, you know, I was like, oh, no big deal. I've got a four-hour flight from Guatemala all the way up to Atlanta. And so I'll have plenty of time to charge my phone. And so I get in my seat and I reach under my seat and I plug in my phone. And then I put on a movie. I fall asleep. You know, I'm thinking everything is going to be good land in Atlanta, go to unplug my phone, take it out, it's at 2% battery. Yeah, you ever had that feeling, right? And so I'm sitting there and I'm going, okay, I got 2% battery, you know, what, what am I going to do? And so I knew I had some emails and some phone calls I needed to make because I was heading back that day. Of course, my wife is like worried, wanting to know where my flight information is and all that stuff. So I'm trying to do all this with 2% battery. And so I sat down in the terminal at one of the little charging stations. And so I'm sitting there and I plug my phone in. And I probably let it plug, sat there for about 10 minutes, 
And I'm like, surely it's good now. Like, it's got to be like, you know, 80% after 10 minutes, you know. And uh, so, uh, so I go to check it out. It's at like 6%. And I'm like, all right, so this is, and I'm like, so then I get on my phone and I start working. If you know that, if you're working on your phone while you're trying to charge it, it doesn't charge at all. So I'm just sitting there. The whole thing's about 30 minutes, and I'm getting so frustrated with the situation. So what I decide to do is that I'm going to put my phone down and I'm going to start talking to Dave, my buddy that's traveling with me. And so we start talking and, you know, this is what you do now. You like, you start talking and he's looking at me like, dude, I'm on my phone. Like, leave me alone. Like this is, you know, so I, I'm just having like this panic moment and I'm getting more and more frustrated because my phone is not charging the way that I want it to. And I know that I've got to do all this stuff. And so I'm getting more and more and more frustrated and that's all to tell you that um, I don't like to wait. Um, I am not a patient person, and uh, you know, patience is incredibly difficult for me. Um, and, and so today we're going to talk about patience, and we're going to talk about doing it. Now, the ironic thing was, as I'm getting incredibly frustrated about my phone situation, I'm writing a sermon about patience as I'm being impatient. Yeah, so there's the irony of this whole situation. So uh, I remember a couple years ago, I actually had wrote this down because all the time on my phone, I'm taking pictures of things and articles. And anytime I see something that piques my interest, I'll, I want to make a note of it in case I want to use it for a sermon. And years ago, we were flying to Honduras. Uh, we were in the Houston airport, I think. And you know, if you've been to an airport, they have these moving sidewalks, you know, to help you get there faster, supposedly. And, and so I remember that there's this guy on the moving sidewalk and he's like running down the moving sidewalk. And I'm like, dude, like the whole point of that is you can just stand there and ride it or you can walk. And I remember in my mind thinking like this illustration of like, you know, it's this idea of that something's moving us, but it's not fast enough, you know, and we're being impatient. Flash forward to today, I'm the guy that speed walks down the moving sidewalk, right? And if you get in my way, like I'm going to say something, you know, I'll be like, hey, keep going, you know. Um, I actually, I don't know if you guys do this. I'll walk up escalators, um, which defeats the whole purpose of the escalator, right? Because there's stairs. If I wanted to walk, I could do that. Um, and, and so I am not a patient person. I'm setting myself up, but, but here you go. Um, not too long ago, about six months ago, uh, I was going to the grocery. I hate going to the grocery. I used to love it. It's the worst. And so I'm going to the grocery, and they have these self-service scan, you know, you scan things. And I, I got behind this guy, and thankfully he doesn't come to church here, but I got behind this guy. <laughs> And uh, I remember he was scanning his items so slow. And it was like, I wanted to like help him because I wanted to be like, this would be better for both of us if we could just do this, you know? And he's scanning things. And of course he's got some fruits and he's got some vegetables and he's looking every item up by picture. And I'm just like, you know, they have a number. It's a PLU code. You just type it in. And so he's standing there. I mean, I'm losing my mind on this guy. This guy's just trying to do his groceries. We get to the end of the order that took a very, very long time to scan everything, and then he had coupons. <laughs> yeah, you ever stood behind somebody with coupons that you scan? And so then he's got coupons, and I cannot make this up. He gets done with his coupons. I'm like, finally, I'm going to get the check out. He writes a check. <laughs> like, I don't even know the last time I wrote a check. I couldn't even ballpark where my checkbook is. Like, I, somebody's probably using it somewhere, and I have no idea. Like... <laughs> And it was just like this moment where I'm like about to lose it. And it was like this moment where it's just like, dude, just like chill out. Like just relax. 
If I get on Netflix and that red thing starts spinning, you know, and then it starts spinning, I can't, I can't, if I'm texting somebody and the three dots are just going three dots, three dots, three dots, um, if you have an Android, you don't know about that, but for us that you have smartphones. Um, and so, uh, so, you know, I, a couple weeks ago, I was at the gym and I just got a phone last year. I've been using an old iPhone and I'm not trying to, but I, I finally upgraded a couple years ago or last year and, um, you know, I pay for Apple Music, so it's like music on demand. And I've told you guys this story. I mean, years ago, my first CD I ever downloaded was a Blink-182 CD um, and Rage Against the Machine. And I remember my buddy had dial-up. And so what we would do, if you remember this, is you would take the disc and you'd put it in the computer the night before, right? And then you'd let it load all night long. And if you were lucky, by lunch the next day, you had these, these, these albums, you know, and now we have phones. I mean, I can just pull up a phone song right now, any song I want to start listening to it. So I'm at the gym, and I'm working out, and I'm going to do a heavy set. And so my go-to, and you guys can forgive me later, is Rage Against the Machine. Um, and so I'm waiting for it, and it's buffering. And I'm just getting so mad. And I'm like, I just need a new phone. This thing is dumb, you know. And, and, and it's all this idea that, like, because of these modern conveniences we have, it is incredibly difficult for people like me to be patient, Right? And it's what, like this idea, this instant gratification culture of we want it and we want it now. And I don't know if anybody else can relate to those stories. I'm sure you have your own. But, but it's this idea. And then we hear this. We hear that patience is a virtue. And I'm like, I don't know if it is. And, uh, but it is. And, and it's crazy because the Bible is littered with this idea of being patient. And right in the middle of this list in Galatians is the idea of being patient. Now, you can probably tell by my stories um, that patience does not come easily for me. Okay? Now, some of you guys have been, and I do believe it's a gift, you've been gifted with this ability to be patient. My wife is one of them, and so it kind of sets us up sometimes where you have a very impatient person married to a very patient person. Um, and, and, you know, and, and so it's one of these things where daily I have to remind myself these lessons, okay? And, and whenever I drive, and I don't know about you guys, I used to be a delivery driver, and so, um, you know, when you get behind a car that's moving slower than a crawling baby, you know, like you have to remind yourself um, and just so you guys know, just some practical tips. Um, the left lane is for the fast cars, okay? <laughs> and if you're not willing to go at least 10 over, you need to use the other lanes, right? And this is just a tip too. When you merge, you speed up. You, you, go, you go faster, right? Because these are the things that I go crazy about, right? So all that to say, this is a daily reminder. So when I preach this, no, I'm preaching as much to myself as anybody else setting in this room. I have this Apple Watch, and so um, the cool thing about an Apple Watch is that uh, it, it monitors your heart rate and your breathing and all this stuff. And and if it feels you starting to get stressed out, um, what your watch will do is it'll it'll have this breathing app that'll pop up and it'll tell you to start breathing. Mine does it like twelve times a day. It's just like you need to breathe. Now, culture embraces it. Technology caters to it. I mean, you got to think about computers. If, if a computer takes five seconds to upload, which is incredibly fast, by the way, um, somebody will eventually make a processor that does it in three seconds, and the five-second company will be out of business. So we live in a society that is not conducive to cultivating patience. As we talked about last week, we all live fast-paced lifestyles, right? And it makes it more and more difficult for people to be patient. Now, the idea of patience is something that um, it, it's hard for some of us. 
Um, and, and it's difficult for all of us to some degree. Um, but here's the problem with not being patient, with being impatient. Um, what happens, especially in our culture, is it creates a sense of entitlement sometimes, right? We've grown up in this world, and the world is changing. Again, we want it now, and, and it creates this sense of importance to your needs. We live in a culture where everything seems to cater to our needs. Um, and it takes an increasingly narcissistic culture and pushes it even that much further, all right? And so if you're like me, what we have to do is sometimes remind ourselves that it's not all about you, that it's going to be okay. I mean, I, and this is true. I, I'm not making this up. There are times in the day that I have to stop and remind myself. And I, and I read this in a book years ago, so I wrote it down. And it's actually a note in my, my phone that I have to use. But sometimes during the day, I would literally stop and tell myself, you are not the most important person in the world. The world doesn't revolve around you. And people are not objects for you to get what you want when you want it. Now, some of us, we need to have that reminder. There's this great thing that Jesus teaches us, and it's actually used in modern psychology as well. But essentially, it's the idea that we should treat others the way we want to be treated. And the reason I bring that up when we talk about patience is this. Um, because, see, when other people mess up or go slower than I think they should or are not doing things in the way or the speed in which I think that they should be done, um, I get incredibly impatient. But the flip side of that is that if I'm doing something personally and I'm going slow, or I'm trying to figure it out, or I start to mess up, and it takes a little bit longer than it should. See, here's the dynamic. I expect you to be patient with me. And isn't that a little bit hypocritical? Then when it's someone else, I don't have time for this. But when it's me, it's almost this demand that you be patient. And so Jesus, he says, treat others the way that you want to be treated. And, and so when it comes to being patient with people, we should take that idea, this golden rule, and work with it. The other thing is this, is that the reality is a lot of the things that we're impatient about is just a little bit inconvenient. But what happens is we, we magnify the, the situation. So we might be tempted to say things like, well, that took forever. Anybody ever said that one? No, it was 10 minutes. There's a difference, right? Forever and 10 minutes. They're completely different categories. It'll be fine, I promise. And so some of us just need to stop. Now, impatience, the kind of root of this, and the reason we have to pay attention when we become more and more impatient, um, impatience reveals something that we don't like to talk about, but it's true. Um, impatience often reveals the selfishness of our hearts. We aren't thinking about other people. Impatience kind of becomes this thing where we're only considering one point of view in this situation, and it's us. For example, when someone cuts us off, and, and be honest, for me, it, it's, it's like a tragedy when someone cuts me off. But, but I've never stopped when someone cuts me off and been like, you know what, maybe there's an emergency. Maybe there's something really important going on as to why they need to get there faster. No, all I think about is how their actions impacted me. Impatience often is egocentric, arrogant, and self-centered. The impatient person isn't often considerate of other people, but we expect others to be considerate of us. The, the reality is, is a lot of times when we're impatient, it's because it's about us and my needs and my wants in this moment. Now, the other side of that is actually the idea of patience. And so patience, on the other hand, comes when we remove the focus from ourselves, it's a kind of this endurance, not just waiting. Patience is about perseverance. Patience is learning to take a deep breath. 
patience is willing to kind of step back for a second and take yourself out of the center of this and kind of step back and understand maybe somebody else's perspective. I think one of the things that I've learned is, and we, we'll lose some people on this because we live in a culture that does this, um, but, but patience is also this idea of, of that you withdraw your right to complain about everything, right? We have a lot of people that complain. And, and so patience sometimes is this, you know, complaining can often be an evidence of lack of patience. So, so you may not be somebody that you would consider impatient, but if you're complaining constantly about everything going on, Patience comes when we are able to handle the weakness and shortcoming of others with kindness. Patience is often keeping anger in check. And sometimes patience is learning to keep your mouth shut. Not everything needs to be said. Patience is getting treated unfairly sometimes without the need to retaliate. It's waiting without bitterness. And so why should we be patient? Well, Part of it, as we said, it's in the Bible, but, but this other side of it that we have to learn when it comes to patience um, is why should we deny ourselves the immediate gratification that we think we deserve? Well, um, patience, and, and we, maybe you never thought about this, is a prerequisite to love. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, there's this famous chapter we talked about a couple weeks ago where Paul kind of defines love according to God's standards. And I don't know if you ever picked up on it, but the very first thing that it says is that love is patient. And I think there's a reason that Paul lists patience first. Because to be honest with you, I don't know if love can exist without patience. Because all functional human relationships are built on the foundation of patience, right? There's nothing more frustrating than imperfect people. And we've talked about this before. All of us in here are imperfect and all of us mess up and make mistakes and do all this. And so the idea of love is just the understanding that we have to learn to be patient with each other. Patience is the foundation of community, friendship, marriages. All of those relationships are going to take someone that's willing to be patient in those things. Patience allows us to overcome selfishness so we can actually care about the other person because it takes patience to love imperfect people. And love and patience is, is I read this years ago, is learning to walk at their speed, not trying to make them walk at yours. And some of us as dads, we need to remember that, don't we? You know, I, I remember years ago, my son, um, we were walking down the beach, and uh, he, my, my, my son is, he's awesome, but he's, he's slow. And uh, he's actually really bright. He's just a slow walker. And it amazes me. Like, I'll, I'll stop, and I'll wait for them to catch up, and I'll walk for 30 seconds. And I'm like, you guys are a quarter mile behind me already. I don't understand this. But... But, but I learned as, as when he was a kid that I would just have to grab his hand as we walked down the beach and just go at his pace. And it was slow, but it was better than me dragging him, you know, through the sand. And so sometimes we have to learn to walk at someone else's pace, not trying to make them walk at ours. Patience is about love and value. And it's about real love, not just what we define as love, but actually real love. Because, see, if we truly love other people... Remember, love, the death we defined it a couple weeks ago, is putting others' needs before our own. So if we truly love someone, then it's easier to be patient with them. And if we truly value and respect someone, then it takes a little bit longer for them to get on our nerves and for us to feel like we need to complain about them. And what often makes us impatient is the person we love the most in most scenarios sometimes is ourselves. 
And so, again, because the time we value is our value, our time. And sometimes the dreams we care about, about fulfilling, are only our own. And so patience is this thing that creeps within us, but patience is willing to take a little bit of humility, a little consideration and value for others. Patient comes when we learn to sometimes let go of our own desires, our own agendas, and sometimes patience comes when we go and learn to let go of control. And there's the word, isn't it? Control. Control is about I want them to do it the way that I want and the time frame that I want exactly how I want them to do it. So patience is taking a step back sometimes and saying, you know, no, I, I don't need to control every situation. Patience is when we remove ourselves from the center of the universe. And so a good place to start is by just taking a step back and maybe analyzing your own heart. And if anything that I've said so far kind of tugs at you, just know you're not alone. It's me. And it's a lot of us in this room. Now, the reason this is really important is because, see, these daily interruptions, these daily things that we learn to be impatient about, or these things that set us off, or these things that happen to us, the reason this is really important that we learn to do this is because the reality is most of the things that we're impatient about and most of the things we're tempted to complain about are really, at the end of the day, a lot of times things that really just don't matter. It doesn't matter that it took 20 minutes for my tacos to come out and not 10. It's fine. My wife, sometimes she'll be like, but we get to spend more time together. And I'm like, you're right, but I really want those tacos right now. (laughs) But sometimes it's just taking a step back and realizing, okay, this isn't the biggest deal in the world. And I need to be a little bit more patient. Now, the reason I say that is because, see, there's another side to patience. See, and this is what I really want to get into today. Um, see, we have to learn to be patient in the small things because the reality is there's also going to be patience required in the big things. We've talked about this a lot, including last week, that there are seasons of life that some of us find ourselves in that require a lot of patience. There are seasons that some of us are facing where we're dealing with a lot of stuff and it's not going to get solved overnight. It's not going to get it fixed like that as much as we want or we try or as much as we try to control it to where it does. What's interesting is is the word that's used in Galatians 5 for patience isn't necessarily about the patience that we just talked about, the general application of being patient with each other. The the word that's used there is a Hebrew word that gets translated into the Greek, and, and that same word would also be the word that's used when we talk about suffering. Nobody likes to suffer. And so why is that important? Because what it talks about when Paul writes this is about this idea of of long-suffering, which means that there's going to be sometimes long seasons that are going to require us to be patient. For example, we've all had that season of life where we're hoping and praying that someone gets healed. That whatever is affecting their body, whether it's the disease or a virus or whatever it is, you know, we talked about last week that we've all been in those rooms where the doctors say words and, and it cuts right to the deepest part of us because we know everything might be different now. So some of us, we have to, we have to endure that. We have to be patient in that season. Or, or some of us, let's be honest, I mean, when it comes to our, our marriages, right? It takes a lot of patience, doesn't it? 
And some of us are going through seasons where things maybe aren't the way that they should be. And, and there's some brokenness and there's some trust issues. And the reality is, and just so you guys know this, trust never gets restored like that. It takes time. It requires patience. Some of us, maybe it's our, our, our romantic life. You know, if you're single, you know, you're sitting here and, you know, you're seeing everybody else get married or have relationships and you're sitting there and you're like, I'm a good person. What about me? You know, and, and it just takes some time. And then some of us, when it comes to our faith, we're just kind of in this season where it doesn't feel like there's a lot happening. It's kind of this kind of long season. And so what happens if we can't be patient in the small things when these bigger life things come up that require patience? And here's the other thing. Just so you know, in life, there's often seasons when you're waiting for something. You know, you have that feeling deep inside you're waiting for something, and you don't even know what it is. So what do you do? You've prayed, you, you've, you know, you, you've meditated, you've been waiting, you've been asking God, you've been asking your friends, and now you just find yourself in the season for whatever reason that you're just waiting. Well, the first thing you have to know about waiting and being patient is that um, that's all of us. All of us will experience those seasons. The, the Bible is littered with that. In fact, in, in Romans chapter 5, Paul writes this great section where he reminds us that we're never alone in our waiting. So here's what he says. He says, you know that the whole creation, this would be up on screen, the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until the present time. So the whole creation is, is waiting. And, and the way we explain this is um, faith that we have is about this idea that something's happened through Jesus and something will happen. And we're in the in between. And so we're waiting. And again, nobody likes waiting. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemptions of our body. Again, this is a reminder that in this world we'll have trouble. In this world our bodies fail us. In this world our health fails us. In this world we have imperfect relationships, imperfect relationships. And he said, goes on, for in this hope we were saved, this idea that something's happened and something will happen. But hope that is seen is no hope at all, and who hopes for what they already has? So he's reminding us we're in this waiting period. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. And so Paul's saying, like, all of creation is in this waiting process. So waiting is a common experience. In fact, I would tell you that almost every story that you read in the Bible, there's an element of someone having to wait for something. In fact, in Psalm chapter 13, uh, David writes this. He says this in Psalm 13. He says, oh, Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? Sounds like, like a teenage girl right here. Forever? You know, I shouldn't pick on teenage girls, but I was just around a bunch of them this week. So how long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Have you ever had a season where you're just asking, how long? How long? How long? Did you know there's a book in the Bible called Lamentations? It's terrible. It's like the most depressing book in the entire Bible. You should read it. I mean, don't, but you should at some point. It, it's this whole book of just these people mourning and waiting and lamenting for something to happen that's not happening. I mean, it's the whole book. 
and it's right there in the middle of the text. Now, the problem for a lot of us when it comes to waiting, especially waiting on God or waiting in the season, um, is, and the reason we don't like waiting is because part of waiting is, is the realization that we don't have all the details. And because we don't have all the details of what's going on, we can't control it. From our perspective, we have everything figured out, and we want God to move within our time frame, right? You ever told God your plan? I have. Be like, this is what's going to happen. I mean, I'm going to pray about it. Dear God, this is what's going to happen, you know? But like, you know, you, you do this. And, and the reality is, is that God rarely does things according to our time frame, which causes us to get easily discouraged. And if we aren't careful, we'll think that he's uncaring, or like the psalmist says, this question of how long. There's this verse in the Bible that Peter tells us, and, and it's, it's a really important verse, and, and here's what it says. It says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. Well, let's break this down real quick. Um, so we've all been tempted to think that God is, let's put that verse back up, sorry, um, that God is being really slow. And I love this because it says, as some people think. And here's what you have to know. At some point, every single one of us in this room will be some people. Because something's going to happen and we're going to be like, why is this taking so long? Why am I having to go through this? And, and then the Bible says, no, he's being patient for your sake. And you're like, yeah, I mean, I know it's for my sake sometimes, but it would be a lot better if it wasn't, you know, <laughs> if we could just move this along. We prefer to measure time in seconds and minutes rather than months and years. But it doesn't always work like that. And, and what's crazy is like this, like if you have a friend that comes up to you, and this is the hypocrisy of us, a friend that comes up to you and tells you about like this thing that they're going through. And you know what, as Christians, we're, we're tempted to say, well, it, it's all in God's timing. And that's great advice until it's coming back at us, right? And then we're like, I don't like that. See, when we read the great men and women of the Bible, they all had one thing in common. There's a period in which they're trying to trust and believe in the promises of God, even when it doesn't match up with their timeline. For example, there's this great story about this guy named Moses. Moses is somebody that we're all kind of familiar with, and it's this amazing story of this man and this journey that he goes on. And, and here's the thing. We hear the story of Moses, and in the story of Moses, we see that God and Moses actually, like, communicate, like, talk. I mean, he has, like, direct access to, to God, which would be awesome because we would want that sometimes. The problem is we all want the blessing and the promise and the presence that Moses had but none of us want to wait like he had to. In the story of Moses, there's two periods where 40 years, I'm 41, 40 years he has to wait twice. He had to be patient. The reason we get to read the stories of these great men and women that we read in the Bible is because they were patient. And part of the process of these stories we have to understand is they're patient. And what they often understand is they enjoyed the process with God as much as they enjoyed the promises of God. And see, we don't like the process. I've always believed that God is just interested in the journey as he is in the destination. If not, all the biblical accounts would always just include the feel-good parts and not the parts of suffering and heartache 
and trials and the ugly times. So sometimes we have to realize that we have to be patient with God and realize that sometimes he's doing it for our sake and for our good. And this is incredibly difficult to hear. A few years back, I was reading this article, um, and this author came in, and he was kind of in the, it was like a conversation in the article, and he, he referenced this, this, this kind of writing that he had done earlier in a book, and he called it the slow and inefficient way of, of God. And he illustrated it by this idea that we kind of tapped into last week about this idea of that when you go to the ocean, there's these waves, and they just keep coming and coming and coming, and, and they just slowly come in, and they go out, and they come back in. And here's what he says, the slow and inefficient work of God. I thought about my heart. It's crag-like and rough. The sharp edges could pierce flesh. And I want God to change my heart now. I want him to take away my doubt, my impatience, my fears, and my want to know all the mysteries of life. My doubt, my fear, my pain, take it away, God now. And he gently says, no. As a single wave of his grace crashes over, and then another, and then another. Well, I could move my heart further from the ocean and let it live untouched and unbothered by this seemingly unproductive task of rebuilding. I could build a dam around it and not let the waters in. Or I could simply sit and let the waters of grace slowly moment by moment, smooth out my heart. The slow and inefficient work of God. Patience is something that we have to learn. It's a quality. It's a trait. You have to practice it over and over. It's not something that you can just pray, because trust me, I've been like, dear God, make me patient. It doesn't work. And so we have to learn it, learn it to have healthy relationships, healthy families, healthy boundaries, and health with our relationship and our faith in God. And I think to kind of end, the reason that this is so important that we learn to be patient with each other, but also with God, is simply this truth, that the whole foundation of this, even being able to talk about this patience that we should have with each other and with God it is based on this simple idea that God has been patient with me and God has been patient with you. And I don't have to know you to tell you this. You require a lot of patience and so do I. So we should be thankful for the slow and what seems like insufficient and ineffective work of a loving God. Let's pray. Lord God, we love you. We thank you. God, I pray that um, 